Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, welcome to the program. It's uh, the penultimate day of the fourth month of the appalling year of 2020. And uh, here we sit. Welcome to uh, Lynn Cullen, still live. Um, the oddest thing happened yesterday. I was down in uh, doing my uh, uh, wash, uh, in laundry, and um, I opened a cabinet that I swear I haven't opened in, I don't know, 10 years. <laughs> I don't know. And I found in it, big hunks of like co- totally corroded batteries that were meant to uh I'm not sure if this was a stash I put together it was a stash I put together for some kind of um it wasn't a pandemic but it was like a pandemic what would it have been uh it, god help me it couldn't have been Y2K <laughs> there was there's stuff there's like um flashlights that supposedly last forever there's um there were some other things that I couldn't even identify and the weird thing was I pulled out two plastic bags that had in them masks nano mask is what it says and then another thing filled with replacement filters for the nano masks, of which there are two. And I thought, yow, what is this? What the hell is this? And I went on, I, there were no directions really in it. I went online, and it turns out that whatever this company is no longer exists. It's, um, so I, I don't know, but I got to tell you, this looks like the real deal kind of a mask. Except I have no idea how often you put a filter in because the filter is like right up front. I don't know. Anyway, I thought at first, whoa, what a what a find. Um, on the other hand, I, I don't know. I think this might be at the level of one of the ones that uh, is medical uh, quality. And I should uh, turn it in. I don't have a clue. But the um, I Googled and Googled and Googled and could not come up with um, – I came up with news stories on it, um, especially regarding SARS. Um, so maybe this was something my stash had to do with – I don't know. Isn't that odd that you don't even have – I have no memory, zero memory. I can't – if someone asks me at 11.20 – What'd you talk about on your show today? Uh, I don't know. I have my short-term memory shot, my long-term memory shot. I have no idea. I have always said I rely on others to tell me about my life. Their memories are always stronger than my, my own, and the memories I have are just these snapshots of very specific and obviously hard to forget kind of um, occasions. Um. So anyway, here we are, and for some reason today it feels odd. 
it just feels odd sitting here <laughs> at my dining room table with a phone to my ear talking uh that this is this is what my my show has become it feels odd anyway let's let's stop muttering and and get on with it um i am taken by the two items on the front page of the local newspaper today uh which is really appalling um in our neighboring county, Beaver County, uh, the nursing home there, Brighton Rehabilitation and Wellness Center, what a joke of a name now, um, recent days, 13 more residents of that wellness center in Beaver County have not tested positive. They've died. 13 more have died, which brings the total at that facility to at least, so there's some concern that they don't have all the data, at least 52 residents of that one Beaver County facility. 52. I don't know what the... uh, that might be almost all the deaths in the county right there in that in that uh, building. Uh, more than half of the residents there have tested positive, and nearly a quarter of those have died. Okay, so I saw that, and then right under it is another little item that says eight new deaths in Allegheny County, which is where I'm sitting, eight new deaths here were all connected to nursing homes here. So that's, good God, I mean, that's over, so that's like 60 deaths in this one little geographic area, all of people who were stuck in wellness centers, stuck in nursing homes, where the sense is that, of course, you would get care. Um, The reality is the last place you would want to be right now is a nursing home or a jail, right? Those are area those are places with concentrations of people who are not free to move around. They're stuck. And the idea that nursing homes, given that the moniker we give them, are about nursing is bull. This news on in the local paper today coincides with a piece in the New York Times today, which is headlined, The Disaster at Nursing Homes. And it turns out that as of last Thursday, COVID-19 has killed more than 10 
thousand residents and staff members in nursing homes. And that's in just 23 states that report uh, fatality data. So in 23 states, you have over 10,000 dead in nursing homes. And that represents about, it's over a quarter of the deaths in those 23 states. I mean, that's just amazing. That's just amazing. God help those absolutely helpless people. There are 1.3 million Americans who are in the roughly 15,000 nursing homes in the country. And the level of harm that comes to them in normal times is should have gotten our attention long ago. And it turns out, of course, that the standards of care that the federal government sets for these homes is minimal and is not really paid any attention to. Regulators don't regulate. They let the nursing home industry treat standards um, of care as goals rather than requirements. And since I've thrown the uh, phrase nursing home industry into the mix, you, of course, probably are ahead of me. The reality is, is the nursing home industry exerts a huge influence in Washington, D.C. and in state capitals. They have a huge and effective lobbying apparatus. They have multi-million dollar trade associations. They have powerful law firms. They give generously to politicians and to PACs. And as a result, Washington caters to the industry, the nursing home industry, not to the poor souls who are trapped in them. After Trump was elected, says here, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services started openly referring to the nursing home industry as its customer. And you know, if you're talking about that's your customer, why you aim to please your customer. We have eviscerated our governmental infrastructure. We have allowed it to be 
We have, uh, ever since the mantra from Ronald Reagan that, you know, government is the problem, we have refused to have taxes taken to shore up our infrastructure, which, of course, benefits us all as a community. The standards that these nursing homes operate under are ludicrous. The typical uh, nursing home resident needs easily four hours of care each day just for basic stuff, not to mention to maintain a, a level of dignity. And the average staffing levels at these places could not possibly provide that level of care. And of course, with the pandemic, it's only worse. Maryland and some other states have begun um, sending strike teams into nursing homes. Um composed of, you know, health care regulators and uh, sometimes the National Guard to determine whether or not the residents and staff are being properly cared for. And they have pulled some people out of these facilities into a more appropriate setting. There are nursing homes that don't even have a registered nurse in the home it's you want so when you see these numbers i mean i was just stunned by the numbers i saw at the beaver county uh nursing home over 50 52 and then here and my heart goes out to any of you who have loved ones in one of these facilities you know uh some of them, you know, tout themselves as, you know, homes away from home, wonderful, lovely uh, places, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are anything other than a Petri dish in this situation. So I just, that, that really uh, hit me uh, today. Uh, Avery writes about this, stash I found in my basement. No, he says, I seem to remember in the post 9-11 world, there was a big story of anthrax in the mail. Yes, there was. And I took that very seriously because I, working at WTAE radio, was actually, I opened an envelope addressed to me and white powder fell out of it. And, um, you know, at the time, that was something that was terrifying of somebody just, you know, messing with me. But, um, yeah, I and there also was a point at which, and I can't remember if it was anthrax. I don't think it was. Um, where a postal, post office, what were they called, inspector, 
I mean, I had their number in my in my little black book. Um, I was told not to open my mail uh, without wearing gloves, and um, you know to. And I don't know. I did that for a while, and then of course stopped. And 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 the reality is, is uh, here I am. Anyway, Avery remembers that people were advised to get plastic sheeting and respirators and duct tape and supplies in case of chemical or biological warfare. I remember being told that people needed food, bottled water, batteries, because they could be potentially trapped in their homes (laughs) for up to three days. Three days? Man, that's a cakewalk. I'm not sure how widespread this was or if it was just where I lived, which at the time was between Baltimore and D.C. Well, that was a bigger thing in D.C. because the people that were getting that uh, were uh, politicians, right? And I believe there's still a facility that the post office has where mail going to I'm – not, I'm not quite clear of how, how much this is true, but I know – it's somewhat true <laughs> that there is a facility where mail posted to uh, the White House, D.C., I guess, you know, the Supreme Court, who knows that, you know, important people, runs through some, uh, de- you know, decontamination, maybe ultraviolet light stuff. I'm not sure. Something like that. There's some kind of a test of it before it is uh, sent to its uh, intended recipient. But um, Avery says all this would have been 2001, 2002. That was the anthrax uh, scare. Um, I don't know what it was. It wouldn't have been Y2K. I wasn't that stupid. Um, But... I'm wondering why the mask, so it might have been SARS. I don't know. At any rate, here I sit with two nano masks and no idea really what to do with them. And um, according to the material that that online I I could see, I mean, this stuff like really traps everything. Um, so I think it is of that level. But the business is belly up. I saw their SEC filing. <laughs> they were written about in the New York Times. This is like in 2004 and 2008. So who knows? But they ain't around anymore. So I have these, like, uh, whatever, vestiges of uh, that entrepreneurial dream sitting right here on my dining room table. Corinne sent me this. Listen to this quote. Now, Now, this is a quote from someone who doesn't live presently because you'll be able to tell. It's someone who lived at a time when people possessed greater vocabularies and somehow managed to speak in um, kind of sustained 
descriptive and even eloquent uh, manners. So here is someone, and he's talking about someone. I'll identify everybody later. Anyway, he identifies this person as proud, supercilious, extremely conceited of his political knowledge and abilities, fond of everyone that can stoop to flatter him, and inimical to all that dare tell him disagreeable truths. Now, Corinne, who sent me this, said, does that sound like somebody we know? <laughs> yes. It's like, it's like a total description of, not total, but a partial description of uh, Donald Trump. Proud, supercilious, extremely conceited of his political knowledge and abilities, fond of everyone that can stoop to flatter him, and inimical. So there's two words there that we don't use anymore, supercilious and inimical. Inimical to all that dare tell him disagreeable truths. Well, the speaker was my, my great love, Benjamin Franklin. And he was talking about some idiot sent over by the British government some conceited, supercilious, you know, jerk. So there you have it. But it does sound like a just wondrous description of somebody, unfortunately, who is in our purview relentlessly. God. So I got to... I got to talk about this thing that has nothing to do with any of this. And thank God it has nothing to do with any of this. I have to talk about those videos of the UFOs. Have you all uh, looked at them? These are three videos taken between uh, 2004 and 2015. So recently, and they were taken by Navy pilots, and you can hear the pilots saying stuff when they're watching this thing. You can hear their their disbelief and their incredulity, and what the heck, and how is it, what, you know? So they they record these things and then um, pass them on to the proper authorities. Well, the Defense Department has um, confirmed that um, these videos are real. These are videos taken by naval pilots, not by hackers, hucksters, and, you know, whatever. The, the, all three videos are different, shows slightly different objects. And um, the awestruck uh, pilots 
are watching these uh, things do things that are not possible. Move in ways that defy, you know, anything we understand about how how anything works. Now, I think it's interesting that the Department of Defense would all of a sudden say, sure, give them these three, let them see it. Um, but you look at that and you think, well, then what the hell? <laughs> do, you, do you remember uh, Henry Reid, the uh, former Senate Majority Leader uh, for the good old days, the Senate Majority Leader when the Democrats held sway, he truly believed that the government was um, wrongly suppressing all kinds of fascinating, apparently, information that they had. And he was always pushing to have more of this um, stuff released. And he was quoted uh, yesterday as saying, I'm glad the Pentagon is finally releasing this footage, but it only scratches the surface of research and materials available. We need to take a serious scientific look at this and any potential national security implications. The American people deserve to be informed. Well, I just think it's fascinating. So what could it be? And the fact that there is stuff flying around in our skies that we cannot account for that behaves in a manner that defies all the laws of physics that we are aware of. Oh, and speaking of laws of physics, let me interrupt myself to digress. I saw a picture today of two extraordinary men, both geniuses, in different fields. Uh, They're wearing tuxedos. Uh, to the left is Albert Einstein, and to the right is Charlie Chaplin. And they met and were just totally in awe of the other. Einstein says to Chaplin, you know, your your art is... The universality of your art is astonishing. You don't say a word, and yet the world understands you. And Chaplin says, yeah, 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 it's true, but, but your fame, Mr. Einstein, is even greater. The world admires you when nobody understands what it is you're saying. (laughs) he just sort of turned what Einstein said to him inside out and upside down how the world understands Chaplin the world doesn't understand Einstein but in both cases there is this admiration (laughs) for the man. Anyway, um, I forgot why. I, what was I digressing from? I can't remember. 
anyway, uh, so by the way, speaking, oh yeah, astrophysics. Astrophysicists do apparently argue that there are potential uh, explanations for these videos that, but, you know, it's the usual crap that the Defense Department was always telling us, you know, things like swamp gas and stuff like that. Um, they say, uh, at, you know, atmospheric effects, reflections, maybe some bugs in the code of the imaging systems on the jet. Who the hell knows? So there are astrophysicists who are, you know, because they cannot make any sense of what these videos show, decide that it has to be something because they can't deal with what their eyes are seeing. Now, I don't know. I just don't know. But to hear the pilots, the awe in their in their their voices, the confusion, the like, what the hell? Wow. So I think that is so cool. And um, I often said, hardly the first, um, it's something that you know the Twilight Zone, I suppose, did a lot of uh, did a lot of episodes about the thing that would and could potentially uh, bring this uh, fractious earth together to turn it away from its, you know, its wars and uh, um, all the horrors that we are capable of would be a clear common threat to us all. So, yes, um, you know, attack from outer space, uh, because then we're all clearly in the same boat. We uh, must fight together. And there's, a, you know, a million movies. This, And one would think, right, that in many ways, this coronavirus is pretty much like that, like you know, rampaging uh, flying saucers coming at us because it it is the unknown. It is something that we don't know how to fight. It is something that is potentially lethal, um, hugely lethal. And yet, I would pose the question, do you think it has brought the world together? Um, I, I of course do not. I think there's always a, a group that would see in this a wonderful lesson and would then say that we will learn from this and move toward a better tomorrow. But then there's always what seem to be most people, or at least most people in authority, because they're protective of their power. And that means keeping things as they are. So, I don't know. I remain the uh, the pessimist. Oh, 
Sally Wigan, we had a long, long conversation last night. Um, it was actually great. You know, she is a woman of a with a very hungry head and a ton of energy. And um, she this this uh, enforced solitariness is um, is very hard on somebody uh, who is always out there. You know, she, there's she's always doing stuff for people. She's emceeing this. She's moderating that. She's making appearances here. And her retirement did not stop any of that, you know. So she's she's used to running from here to there to there to here to here to there. And this is very hard on her. So we we um, we spent an awful uh, long and I, I would say a delightful um, hour or so talking. But she was up bright and early this morning and, and sent me this because we were – we taught in part of our talk, we were wondering what the hell, what is wrong with this country, this government that it can't get the testing done. And she texted me this. Ah, geez, it's all about the money. She says, Senator Chris Murphy, who is introducing a bill to facilitate testing production says the big corporations are price gouging on test production and are telling the president not to use the Defense Act, not to use his powers to mandate that certain, you know, that these testing things be put out and uh, made available and not price gougingly available, just get them out there now, if not yesterday. And she says that Murphy is saying that the big corporations are price gouging on test production and telling Trump not to use his powers so that they can, yeah, make a bundle. Now, you would, if you're naive, you would say, oh, that's impossible. Why would, why, would, why would anybody act in such an outrageous way? They're, they're killing people. What, just to make money? Uh, I said, if you were naive. So I started talking about the nursing home industry, which is the customer of our government and since the customer can do no wrong our government rolls over to do whatever the industry wants meanwhile we the people and our loved ones lying in these places are just ripe for the picking. So, geez, I feel very scary today. Why isn't anybody... Are you guys, are we all like just starting to uh, come apart here? I mean, if you're not talking, you know, I'm not getting, I have to tell you, other than Ryan, nobody's 
emailed me. I cannot tell you how difficult this is to sit here babbling at you and not knowing uh, where you are. The only way I know where your heads are, what you want to talk about is if you communicate. She said petulantly. And so I... I, uh, uh, All right, let's get to Pence not wearing the face mask at the Mayo Clinic. You are kidding me. There was not another human being in that illustrious facility that did not have a mask on because it is their regulation. They're a serious medical institution. And he waltzes in there. By the way, all the other members of his entourage, when told that this was the rule at the Mayo Clinic, donned a mask. Everybody but the chairman of the White House Coronavirus Task Force, a.k.a. the vice president of the United States, whose White House Coronavirus Task Force is constantly telling the rest of us to put on masks while he refuses to, even in a place where he could be, in fact, infecting the very frontline workers that he was supposedly there to extol. And we need say no more, of course, about his boss, who after announcing, who knows when that was, that we're all supposed to wear masks, he said, I don't see it for myself. That was the direct quote. All righty, we got to see every time I bitch and moan, I get a call. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Uh, I'll talk to you. Well, thank you. You seem lonely, so no. Well, I don't understand. Um, well, you were getting so many calls for a while, and then all of a sudden not. And it's hard. I sit here like a... I mean, I'm used to sitting in a room by myself talking because that's what you do if you do a talk show. But well, you, you know what? With with me and maybe it's with some of the other people too who, who who listen to you and call you a lot. I did, I feel like I don't want to call you too often or no, and you shouldn't. So get the hell out. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. You shouldn't. See, I don't want to just have the. So you're you're a, a true gentleman for uh for coming to my my aid but no if you don't have anything in particular to say and don't want to call too much you shouldn't and we well, don't you well, don't anyway, want to become you don't want to become one of those people who calls every every day it's like it's like it's like having uh debriefing every day you know it just gets, yeah at some point it loses its impact um <laughs> but but no uh yesterday i had sent you had an email. You didn't get to it, I guess, or maybe you didn't receive it. Oh no! What I the reason I didn't? You sent me an email about ask Susan about something. Susan went to law school seventy years ago. She's not. I, I mean, asking her a legal question. Well, I mean, she'll always answer because she's the world's greatest bullshitter. But I mean, I don't know that <laughs> she would know anything more uh, than 
Yeah. Oh, I'm getting people saying, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm sorry, guys. I shouldn't have done that. No, that's a. But no, I mean, I'm serious. Is that a legitimate? Because you know. So your concern was no. wait that because the um, the Supreme Court said that Wisconsin had to go uh, had to go ahead with its um, primary election. You were suggesting that bodes well, right, for Trump not being able to alter the national election, the presidential election. I'm, I, I'm just putting the question out there because well, you know, I'm no for, law student, but I mean, but precedent's precedent. It's like, no, I, well, you know what? I think the cases are different, actually, because I think the Supreme Court, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court was really ruling on a lower court's ruling that had to do with allowing more time for absentee ballots to come in. So in other words, I think they did not, the the state Supreme Court had already said, no, the election's going on. What the U.S. Supreme Court did was rob a whole bunch of people who were voting by mail, absentee ballots, from having their ballots counted. Okay. I'm, so it was I'm, a it was a U.S. Supreme Court's ruling. Um, actually, if I'm remembering this correctly, was not specifically about holding the election. It was when do you count it, if a ballot is put in the mail on you know, the last date, does that get counted when it comes in after the election? And I, what they did, being a good Republican, uh, you know, tool, is they made it as narrow as possible, which again, then defranchised, a, disenfranchised a whole bunch of uh, voters in Wisconsin. That's my I guess, I, memory. I, I guess I'm just looking for a silver lining anywhere. I mean, you know, okay, now the son of a bitch can't cancel an election, but I guess he still will try. I mean, I, I'm if, if you know, he'll 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 use any excuse he can to could to win. Like there, there was an NCAA well, we know yes, we know that they, about, him and the Republicans, right? They'll do anything. Well, one of the things like did you. NPR did a thing, uh, interview with somebody who did a study or interviews with about Mitch McConnell and interviewed people from early in his life to now who they can't find. He has zero values. I mean, he, he doesn't have like any ethical, like, okay, this is the line of stand. I can't cross <laughs> that because of my morals. But, 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 but no, he has one value one. power. Right. Well, power. He, but what he what he values, what he it, what he personally, it the only thing he seems to value is winning. Yeah. I mean, okay. Winning, which then gets your power. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and you know, like they talked to people even when he was a a, a a child, that he really didn't seem to have any sense of <clears throat> of of right and wrong. I mean, he just says, "I want to win," and that's what he does. Yeah. And that. And, and so I'm trying to like find any way to like hold on to hope. Um, you know, I'm hoping that, that anybody who's anti-science gets coronavirus and dies. I'm serious. serious. I, I am so hateful right now and I'm not a hateful person. 
that I'm I'm trying to find anything where good eventually happens without, you know, bullets and bloodshed. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. talking about mortality on a grand scale, but you know, these these people are out there marching the streets. I want my freedoms wearing a mask and idiots like like um, mm-hmm. like our vice president, our president won't wear masks and they're making fun of people in the white house who do wear masks. Like fine, get the damn disease and die. I, I mean, I am that. Well, see, you know, it, no, I hear you, but you know, you should fight against these impulses because this is how, you know, if you have these soulless people who have power now, McConnell and Trump, you can't, then become that yourself. Yeah, we just can't. They bring out nothing. They don't bring out the good in people. They they live by sowing hate, division, fear, all that kind of stuff. And so we've got to we've got to work against it. Hey, you can go now because I have enough emails here. But thank you, okay. Roger. I appreciate all right. it. Have a nice okay, day. you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Um, Laura writes, I enjoy your rambling. I tend to ramble, so I don't often chime in, as you know. You are talking about Pence and talk about entitled. Wow. What makes him so? Well, he said he didn't have the virus, so he didn't need a mask. I don't have it either, as far as I know, but I have to wear I have to wear a mask when I go to Target. Yeah, there you go. Give me a break. I can't breathe in the stupid thing. My glasses fog up and my nose runs. Yeah, Laura, I hear you. I feel your pain, man. Yeah. Um. Gigi says I'm here just listening to you babble and enjoying it. What is it with Pence not wearing a mask? And why did they even let him in? Well, see, the deference we still show. Um, I would have said, forget it, unless you wear a mask. And why is meat more important than ventilators and tests? Yeah, you tell me. You tell me. So the president finally invokes finally invokes this uh, yeah, wartime emergency uh, power he has so that we can all, you know, continue eating our unhealthy diets. Um, it'd be better if, you, yeah, we all just found that, oh, you can actually, you know, eat very well in a vegetarian manner at least four or five days a week. Um, but no, you're right. He wouldn't do it for the testing, but he'll do it for the meat. I think it all has to do, again, with protecting certain industries. And this is the guy who, after all, eats a well-done steak every night, right? When you tell him, hey, there might not be any meat, he all of a sudden sees that, wow, this is really a problem here. I better act. Gigi also says, totally unrelated, but the trees are popping with leaves and the lilacs are almost in bloom. Some of them are. Oh, God, I I took a big whiff of one the other day. Seems contradictory to an ongoing deadly pandemic. Yes. The the sort of cognitive dissonance of walking outside, maybe even wearing a mask and 
you know, dodging your neighbors and, and all this life blooming around you. It is, it's just <laughs> anyone who's not thrown, you know, on a, on a daily basis, if not hourly basis by the astonishing change in our lives is, I don't think, sentient. I mean, it's really, gosh. Ah, little Tony who's keeping up the the numbers. We got Dave's uh, video, 100 more views. And if it keeps going up, little Tony says, he can make some money. (laughs) Let's not let that get to your head, Dave. Um, As far as Pence goes, Pence is a putz. Nice alliterative there. And another reminder of the joys of Yiddish. Um, Anna says, don't know if I'm the only one, but your show keeps cutting out on me. What? Uh Uh-oh. Mary says, I don't call in because I don't have anything to say. Well, all right. But I, you see, Mary, I start the show every day in the same state, but I have to find something to say. (laughs) Of course, you don't. That's true. I do. I often start and I think, what the, well, you hear me at the beginning going, you know, rumbling, just, you know, trying to find, it's as if I'm being, you know, swept down a stream as I often am and, and, you know, looking for something to grab onto. My 84-year-old father insists on going to Costco today. Sigh. Do you know I was going to go? my first grocery trip indoors yesterday and I, Ooh, we got more. Oh, we got another caller. I'm sorry. We got to get to a caller. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Caller. Hello. Hello. Hi. 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 I figured since you got petulant, I would call. This is Kurt in Swissville. Hi. (laughs) Thank you, Kurt. I didn't think I needed to. Since you started talking about UFOs, I figured one of your regulars would chime in. But, no, uh, <laughs> but you think UFOs never gets a rise from this audience. I don't know why. I suppose it's beneath them. I like it. But, I don't know. I was thinking about Pence and uh, all the obvious things apply. It's like, why didn't they just send him away and what kind of example is he setting? But I hate to admit, I thought Boris Johnson's speech earlier this week about now is not the time to end the safety yeah. procedures was really pretty good. And, wow, I hate to find myself thinking he's... Well, he had the he had the advantage though of um of almost dying from this thing, right? Right. Yeah. So, he's got religion now. Did you also see he's a father today? His father? Or No, no. he had a baby born to his, uh, with his uh DNA in it today. He's oh, not no. married. No. Yeah, yeah, it is. Apparently, his girlfriend, yeah, gave birth to uh, a son, I believe. Yeah, well, there you go. Just saying. Hey, but Monday, I think you did take a big chance going out to buy flowers. Because May 15th is our frost date. May 15th? I planted them all. 
They're all doing great, and there is no way we're going to have a hard frost before. No way. Keep your fingers crossed. I know I did a planning a couple of years ago on Mother's Day, and uh, I got hit. <laughs> I always am going before. You're doing the, you know, the old calendar. It just doesn't work that way anymore. I was thinking, remember the song? When April showers may come your way, they bring the flowers that bloom in May. And I was thinking, that song doesn't even make sense anymore. <laughs> it, it should be when, when March, you know, when March showers come your way, they bring the flowers that bloom in April. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I, I wanted to tell you a little bit about I, I took my trip to the power plant in South Carolina. Oh, you have Kurt has a job that requires him to consult at this is a nuclear power plant. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the nuclear power plants it's in South North Carolina. Carolina. So, so, did you drive or fly? I drove. There was no way I was getting on a plane, so I mm-hmm. drove. And the first revelation to me, I, I decided to only drive halfway, and I stopped in Beckley, West Virginia, which is near uh, mm-hmm. uh, the New River Gorge uh, Bridge and the. Uh, rivers and so forth and i asked the woman at the hotel because uh, they had you know they had obviously closed their buffet there was no buffet at the hotel and they gave you a note explaining why when you entered and they also put no extra toilet paper in the room they told you to do the shortages we're not doing that if you need some more you call us and we'll bring you some because <laughs> oh, i was all prepared to steal that role <laughs> but I, I guess they anticipated that so there were a lot of things like that, and I asked her, I said, you know, when I got here, there seemed to be more traffic down here than there was all the way down. I said, what's going on? She said, oh, all our campgrounds are full of people from New York and uh, New Jersey uh, who were getting out of the hot zone. Huh. So there's a lot What do you of- mean? They're camping this, through this thing? Yeah, they grabbed their camper, and, uh, oh. and they, you know, people that had, had the ability to leave Left. Left. Yeah. I can I can see. Yeah. uh, But I I was pretty anxious since that was right about the time of the warning that we were, you know, how many people were going to lose and so forth. And the worst two weeks were coming. I was a little anxious about going. I really didn't want to, but I'd come. Mm -hmm. And um, the plant did a pretty good job. Now, of course, nuclear power plants are unique from a lot of businesses in that if they say they're going to do something, they do it. They don't just give it lip service. But we did, uh, you know, in training, everybody wore masks. We were all had two seats between us if we were in a class or two seats between us if we were at computers. Uh, People wore masks if they had a position where they had to talk to you. If they were just walking around, they probably didn't. Uh, Hmm. And then at the plant, they were real strict about social distancing. There were little stickers on the floor everywhere. Uh, the thing I liked was, you know, for safety reasons, you know, you'll get yelled at if you don't hold the handrail when you go up and down steps. But they had hand sanitizer at the top and the bottom of every stairwell, and it was never huh. empty. Uh, so there were a lot of things that, that really, like you Make said, you, f- yeah. you feel like you have a certain level of control and that this is manageable uh, at, at some level. So you, you really can. I was glad I got out and did that because it showed yeah. me that. You can. You up the house a week at a time, you get more and more scared, I think. Yes, I think so, I, too. I hear you. Well, I'm glad you survived. Yeah, Yay. 
Kurt was in Beckley, didn't steal the toilet paper, and made it through the nuclear power plant and is back. Way to go. Yeah, one, one more thing, because I, I do get upset with the anti-lockdown people and their manipulating numbers, and they're back to comparing this to the flu, not that many people have died and all that. Oh, God. But if you look at April, uh, the number of people that die from heart disease, which is the number one killer yeah, yeah, yeah. in the United States, I know I sent you this already, is 647,000 a year, at least that's what it was in 2018, so that's 54,000 a month. Yes. So if that's right, and you if that's right, over here in April... This virus was the number one killer of America. Yes. More than cancer, more than heart disease. and It ain't the flu. (laughs) It's ten times more lethal than the flu, they think. I mean, this is, it's ridiculous. Hey, I've got three callers. Okay, I'll let you go. You're a good man. Thank you. (laughs) Take care. Bye. Hello, caller. Uh, Is that me? That's you. Okay, George from Moon, long time. Hi, George. Yeah. Yeah, uh, two things real quick. Recalling history. Um, Wasn't it 10 years ago now that the anniversary of our uh, uh, Reason rally took place that we (laughs) did the bus? (laughs) What was that called again? That was the John Stewart and... Yes. And Colbert. Colbert. And we all got on a bus. Imagine that. We all got on a bus. We weren't wearing masks. We were cheek to jowl with strangers. Yes, yes. ten years. Wow. I guess. I'm bad with dates, so I'll take your word for it. Wow. Uh, Second second recall of history. Uh, For Vietnam veterans right now, there's two things that collide today and tomorrow. Okay. Uh, 45 years ago, the uh, so-called Fall of Saigon, uh, wow. better known as the route of the poor American yeah. war policy, collapsed in late April of 75. But the wow. coincidence with the, uh, with the pandemic today is that last night the yes. uh, death figures uh, yeah. met. 58,400 well, uh, guys died in the war over a 12-year period. Americans of the same number died within the in last six weeks, 60 days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 50, isn't that something? 58,000 Americans died within two months of this pandemic, as compared to a 12-year war. Yeah, that's my history lesson. Yeah, well, it's a great one, George. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see okay. here. Keep keep on moving. Hey, George, thank you. Okay. Okay. Right. Um, okay, all the other callers hung up. They said, lady, you asked for calls. And I'm... Uh, oh, wow. That's weird. Okay, so uh, Laura writes, I would call, but your guests seem above my phone call level. Oh, that is... <laughs> I am optimistic, but of a lower self-esteem than I probably should be. You're a woman. Women, no man would write that, what you just wrote there. I am often afraid to express my opinions, woman, but sure enjoy listening to the regulars. I enjoy them every day. I'm not living in Pittsburgh. I don't know your callers, but I sure enjoy them. It makes me realize no matter where we live, 
Yeah, we're the same. Well, yeah. Yes, meatpacking plants is another thing. We're supposed to get sick from meat that COVID-infected people are packing. I, that's, that's impossible. Well, don't ask me. I'm not a scientist. The, the low-wage earners are expendable. There you go. That's what it is. Once again, he shows his lack of intelligence or empathy or humanity or whatever. Laura writes, meat was in short supply yesterday in the store. I imagined to get a package of chicken, but I managed to get a package of chicken and a small steak. Nothing wrong with less meat in our diets. That's right. It's true. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, here's our update of the day from the Allegheny County Health Department, if anybody's keeping track. 1,273 cases. You know, I just read somewhere today, but it was, you know, it was just mind-boggling. But the odds are we're undercounting this by a measure of 10 so if Allegheny County is saying that there are 1,200 uh, positive cases in the county, the odds are it's, you know, it's over 10,000. Now, the deaths is probably a, more close to the proper number, although people are also dying at home. Who are, and they're not tested. Um, so I'm sure that number is is, pro, is probably higher as as well. We're 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 operating in the dark here. It's as as simple as as that, and as as terrifying actually. Um, there was a very long uh, piece in the Times today, uh, which is about American exceptionalism, uh, reconciling the pandemic with with our sense of who we are as a nation. Now, somebody like me and many of you, this that doesn't. It's for the people who were still credulously um, imbibing this sense that there was something truly special about this country. There may have been in an aspirational way and in other times in our history where we could understandably be proud. But anyone who's looking at the full picture, uh, you know, all you got to do is start with uh, the genocide of Native Americans and then slavery and Jim Crow. And I mean, come on. You know, anyone who's, you know, walking around with their chest out about how special we are is is engaging in obvious uh, selective blindness. But this, for people who really did still think we were the greatest nation, the most capable, um, the most powerful, the, I mean, bad things just don't happen to us. And so the article is about how for a lot of Americans, this is really hard for them to because their whole sense of what their country, 
that they were so proud of was about had to do with competency, had to do with, yes, exceptionalism. And so their very concept of who they were as Americans and who their country, what their country was, has just been tossed up in the air and come down bang on its head. They quote a guy in Decatur, Illinois, who worked at Caterpillar. My perception, he said, is that we should have been able to just knock it out of the box like a walk-off home run. Because, I mean, this is the United States. We didn't get no Paul Revere saying the British are a common type of thing. We got, mm, don't worry about it, we got this under control. It's embarrassing. So there's a good American who bought what he's been taught and is now unable to reconcile that with the reality he's living. And, I mean, the Americans, too, you know, we see now that we've built uh, our whole sense of national security is absurdly geared to militaristic response um, when that is not what was required here. Um, Some of us knew that most Americans or an awful lot of them were living paycheck to paycheck and couldn't make it if they, the money stopped coming in and um, that the middle class is, uh, again, a thing of almost fantasy now. We got the rich and we got the rest. And so the, this pandemic is also exposing um, the inequalities in income, education, access to health care, wealth, race, all, all of that stuff. So a lot of people, um, not necessarily us, because we were onto this, but an awful lot of people are losing something very precious to them. You know, we talked about this whole period being one so filled with loss. But one of the things people are losing is this sense of being part of this extraordinary, exceptional country. And then they see that we're not. And in fact, we're like a banana republic. We have no functional federal government. We have allowed the apparatus of our government uh, to wither And they're seeing now how catastrophic that can be. Here's another quote from a historian. He was, again, looking for silver linings. 
said he hoped there would be a recalibration of people's beliefs about what makes this country distinct. There's the word, distinct, if not superior, okay? I think that is a good distinction, right? When we, we've been taught to think of ourselves as exceptional, as superior, as better, when we should, to be honest, think of ourselves as distinctive in many ways, some good, some very bad. And this guy goes on to say this. For the last 40 years in this country, we've been in the thrall to the kind of message Ronald Reagan delivered in his first inaugural. Government is the problem, not the solution. But there was a time when you asked Americans what they were most proud of, and they would say their government. Just look at the last line of the Gettysburg Address. What does Lincoln say is at risk? It's the government of the people, by the people, for the people. And that's what makes us distinctive. Here, here. Do I have callers? Is there a caller there? I'm, I'm a little mixed up on my, um, yeah, maybe. Hello? Not. Yes, hey. Yeah. Oh, hi. Hi. Um, <clears throat> isn't it something that Trump delayed a response to the coronavirus only because he wanted to save his economy? And now, yeah. if he would have <laughs> done something sooner, he would have had probably less of a crash. And now he's crashed the economy, basically, and there's no way it's going to come back before election. And he it just backfired on him. I mean, it's comical, but it's terrible because everybody, innocent people, have to pay. Yeah. That's a shame. Yes. But I find it uh, really something that he thought he was going to avoid this. Well, like, you know, he is so, so far in over his head, which was obvious from day one. But he could bluff his way through. Uh, pretty much, and obviously nothing touched him. He could say absurd things and credit uh, Vladimir Putin uh, rather than our own you know, intelligence agencies and all of that and spread lies and, and everything seemed okay. This he can't handle because, well, it's a virus. It's not something he can belittle or bully None of his none of his stick works anymore. No. So yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um, he's yeah, but boy, the damage the damage is oh, amazing. Terrible. Terrible. Okay. Thank you for your call. Appreciate it. Right. And um, I have one more caller. Hello. Hello. Beep. Hi, Lynn. Hi. Uh, I'll go through this real quick. Anybody wants to see those Navy pilots you were talking about, see the UFOs? Yeah. All you got to do is uh, Google Navy pilots Tic Tac, and you'll see the videos. Really? Yeah, that's okay, because they look like little Tic Tacs flying all over the place. Oh, They do things that they they go... um, like, I don't know how many thousands of feet they are in the air, and they go straight down right into the ocean, 
and you can see it moving around in the ocean, and then it comes blasting back up. Yeah. Anyway, Navy pilots, tic-tac, you'll be able to watch it. Okay. Well, thank as you. As Appreciate as Trump, it. As far as Trump moving the election, it's in the Constitution that his mm-hmm. term will end on January 20th. Yeah. No getting around that. You know what, though? I was thinking the other day. I was thinking if we vote him out, you know, November, the first week in November, he's gone. But I was thinking, no, he's still in for almost three more months. November, December, January. He would be lame duck, but he would still be the president. The new guy doesn't get sworn in till January 20th. Good God. Can you imagine what he'd do being a lame duck? First of all, well, he'd never be able to handle that. Well, I think we're going to find out. That's my guess. Okay, we'll see. But Yeah, but I keep thinking, my God, why are you so excited about November? He's still the president all through November, all through December. Yeah, well I into heard, January. I heard somebody bring up, uh, you know how he wanted to get his name on those uh, checks? Yeah. $1,200 checks. Yeah. Somebody I heard said that he should be made to put his name on all the death certificates. There you go. There you go. Oh, God. Hey, thank you for the call. So thank you. We'll be on tomorrow, right? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, I got one more thing real quick. All right. Okay. You want me to hold it? No, go for it. Okay, this lady had two chimpanzees for a very long time. Wait, excuse me. Two what? Wait, 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 wait. Two what? Chimpanzees. I thought that's what you said. Okay. Yeah, for a very long time. Well, one of them got so old that he died. And the other one was so heartbroken that she died. So the lady didn't know what to do with him, so she thought she'd take him to a taxidermy and get him stopped. So when she went there, the guy said to him, would you like them mounted? She said, no, just shaking hands would be good enough. <laughs> okay, you. I'll be listening tomorrow then. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. I suppose on on that note, we should uh, bid one another a fond uh, farewell. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being there um, and um, whatever. I don't know. God help us all. Uh, that's it. I've, I've been told I can't make an exit, and I'm proving it right now. But anyway, be safe. Have a good day. Hang in there. Talk to you tomorrow. Lynn Cullen Live. Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.